Carnivorous couch, shit happens once a week. It swallows us for two hours when we try to sleep. It forces us to watch a film about which we then speak. Carnivorous couch with Brady and Rob. Hey everybody, hey everybody, hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Carnivorous Couch, the film podcast where two film geeks do a film a week. I'm Rob. I am Brady. I'm yeah. Tess. I put us through this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. Time number two. We could have watched No Country for Old Men. Time number two. But. What happened? What's going on? Everything good? Ah. Uh, huh? Am I? Am I, I the one cutting out? You're the one cutting out. I hear Tess ah. now. I think I just moved my head too much. <laughs> oh, great. Well, that's fine, Jimmy. I think everything's okay. So again, we're still battling these silly issues. I can't seem to get it right. I don't know what exactly I could do about it, but uh, we'll figure it out someday. Anyway, we did Willard from 2003. Yes. Crispin Glover Willard. is delightful. And uh, has anyone here seen the original Willard? No, I have not. From, I think, 1971, 1972. No, I figured the original was a book. The original is a book. I believe it's called Ratman Diaries or something like that. Okay. That makes sense. And um, I guess the... uh, So this is technically a remake of the 70s Willard. However, the people that made it wanted to distance distance themselves from it being considered a remake and so claimed that it was uh, mostly based on the original novel, um, which is apparently not really true. But it sounds like none it's probably of us, not really the case. None of us having seen the original, uh, which I feel is kind of maybe the best way to watch this, just to, so that you're not... Like, I was reading the Wikipedia page... And just reading the, the the plot synopsis of this movie, the 2003 one, and the whoever wrote it was like inferring all of these things onto Willard that like were not clear at all from what I what mm. we had seen on the screen. And I was like, is this like clearer in the original? And this person has seen both, and so was like making stuff up. Like, is that what's going on? So I feel like yeah. maybe we're in a better position to like objectively review this than if we had seen the original. Fair, fair. We come in with no uh, prior biases. Mm-hmm. Which well, is maybe how it was supposed to be. Well, Brady, would you prefer to plot synopsize? You can cue me. Yes. Uh, so this is a movie about him. Mm. Oh, cue? Quite loud, okay. <laughs> that was so loud. It's <laughs> gonna fuck up all you fearless. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's about. Oh! Whoa! We're, we're not even in the so what's it all about, about but about um, rat, rat, rat. this is a movie about ratties. <laughs> I'm closing this window you Can't opened up on the media machine. <laughs> uh, so no, no, uh, no more reprise. Rat, rat, 
No, no more. ratty's reprise. No, that once was enough. <laughs> For you. Uh, yeah, this is Willard. Willard is our titular and uh, not hero. I don't know what he is, uh, but I yeah. wouldn't call him that. But he is a man, a Norman Bates-esque man, living in a creaky, kind of run-down palatial estate, a big mansion with his mom, and like Psycho... With his mom who has gray skin and is frightening. Yes, his she's, mom... Yeah, she's disconcertingly... Uh, like, who is a corpse. Horrifyingly decrepit, sickly, and old. Yes, he's, he's Norman Bates. She's very, very skinny Kathy Bates. And uh, the first thing we hear in the movie over a black screen is her beautiful, sultry voice saying, Willard! <laughs> yeah, no. Um, Willard! I, I'm assuming she was not supposed to be likable, but she was not. Uh, she yeah, wasn't, and I think she, I, I, I felt like she was supposed to be almost comically, like, yeah, it was freaky very, looking. It was very camp. It was very, like, Betty Davidson and uh, Auntie Mame. Who knows? You know. <laughs> <laughs> or no, whatever happened to Baby Jane, sorry. Anyway, uh, plot synopsis. Yeah, this this movie goes to camp, but she is the camp director uh, of all the camp. Uh, yeah, really uh, grotesque among many. Uh, so yeah, so this lovely woman <laughs> says to her son, Willard, there's rats in the basement! Uh, she wants his, her son to go check out the basement for a rodent infestation. But Willard gets down there, and he doesn't find any rats. But, nonetheless, he goes to the store to pick up some tracks. You know, try to keep his mom appeased. And we get this, like, weirdly shot, in my opinion, kind of, like, farcical consumer critique, where it's just him standing, like, kind of confused by the ten different varieties of rat poison or rat trap. You know, you got your standard mouse traps, you got your poison pellets, you got your basically rodent flypaper equivalent where the things get stuck to a big adhesive sheet. Glue traps. Glue they're traps. very cruel. Yeah, uh, they're cruel. awful. Uh, yeah, you know. The snap traps are, traps are probably worse, though. Uh, yeah, they all sound bad. I wouldn't want to go through any of them. Nobody wants to be caught in any of these traps. No. Let's put it that way. But, the like, yeah, he was... Well, we can talk more about that later. Keep okay, doing we, the can, plots yes, we can talk about rat traps. Uh, so he brings them all home, and like a big dummy, he ends up snapping his fingers in the rat trap. You know, he kind of creepily and obsessively keeps bending it back to hear it snap. But I think he's considering in that moment, like, oh, this, is, this would rather hurt to a rat. Yeah, and there definitely is that sort of uh, impact with it, where it's just like, I don't want these. And then I think he just doesn't really put them, does he? He puts them down. Oh, yeah. that's right, because they all snap. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so he, I mean, some other stuff happens right before we even get to the rat. He's got a bad work situation. His family, uh, the Styles. by the way, this guy's name is Willard Styles, which is very close to Will Smith's nickname for himself in the 1990s, Big Willie Styles. So I might just continue to refer to Willard as Big Willie Styles. I don't know. We'll feel it out. Anyway, his father used to be a factory maven, uh, but was uh, driven out of his company by a hungry up-and-comer who 
it's, you know, a bit unsavory, but is at least he has some kind of feeling for the family and the mom. So he employs Willard there and refuses to fire him, even though he hates him fiercely until the mom dies, which is uh, a bit weird. It's like, I will only sack you at your mom's funeral. Uh, well, he seems to have some loyalty to the mother. And he does. Not to Willard. Uh, yeah, no, no. He does not like Willard. Uh, no, no, he doesn't. Not at all. It is proven. Uh, but no one yeah. pretty much seems to like Willard. His own mother, who named him, is like, yo, you got a weak name. Uh, his dad might have named him. Okay. I kind of got that impression. All right, well. Anyway, no one likes Willard. Maybe not even Willard. And Especially, No, Willard says he doesn't like himself. Willard has a sick mom, so he's often late for work. Which is the one part where I'm like, ah, shit, like, maybe Ermie should be more understanding, but at least it's not, like, a groundless thing. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's never on time to work. His boss is a materialistic dick. He locks him in an elevator and berates him. He humiliates him. He uh, also let his work back up for a week. He I'd did. get fired for that. Yeah, you know, you can't do that. Uh, maybe I would Sick wouldn't mom know. is hard, but, you know. <laughs> anyway, I'm not taking the side of big capitalism here. But I'm saying Willard's, he's kind of dragging ass. And I would got suck a at a job mind. that treated me like crap anyway. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. Yeah, he's definitely not but you know what? doing great. The problem is he's not happy because he hasn't found something to make him happy until one day he meets his best friend, the only friend he'll ever have, a little white mousykins named rat. Sock. He's a rat, but he's a mousy looking rat. He looks like he's a laboratory good. mouse. Yeah. He's a little Socrates. Face. And he's caught in one of these awful glue traps. And Willard's like, I, I got to save him. And he's, he grabs some vegetable oil, some cooking oil. Uh, and he uses that to kind of break up the adhesive. But his invasive mother's rapping at the bathroom door. He's like, what are you doing now? Uh, I'm trying to use cooking oil to... Masturbate? <laughs> yeah, it, it that was a, a weird one. Joke. Yeah, just to kind of like, I think to like hammer home this like, kind of like too too close of a familiar relationship. Yeah, and uh, she yeah, tells him he's very, too old very for that. Ki- very kind like, of wait a minute. <laughs> we scarcely could have missed it, but it does. The film does make sure that we know. Uh, she's like, "Are you having a poo poo?" Let me in there. Yeah, it's just, it's weird. It's spo- it it's is, weird. And it's supposed to be, I think, you know, kind of like a, a psycho It's homage. a psycho-esque thing taken up to the yeah. 11s. And, okay, but the big development no that happens is <laughs> Willard frees Socrates, and he sees, oh, Socrates has a family. He starts to feel an affection for this rat, and by and by he kind of starts coming to care for them, starts feeding them. He meets a bigger rat... A very uh, hulking rat, uh, for FYI, an African Gambian rat is the species, uh, named Ben. This is the same Ben that will go on to be the titular subject of the movie Ben. With yeah, the, the sequel. Schmaltzy Michael Jackson song, which oh. I take it is a more like emotional Wait, movie. Wait, what? There's a... The there's what? A oh, we'll get to it. There's a sequel called Ben of the original 70... So it's like 71, 72, Ben comes out because Willard was such a surprise hit. And, um, yeah, it's weird. Uh, I don't know what was going on in the 70s. Um, so, like, 
this movie was such a big hit that they like greenlit this sequel that's like a lot a, it is a lot more schmaltzy apparently and it has this Michael Jackson song in it that won what like a Grammy or something or best song uh, that year I don't, I don't remember know if it won anything. I think it might have lost best song to some some other thing but I think it was nominated maybe yeah we can look that up later maybe I was uh, just looking at it and I cannot remember I was looking at it yesterday and I forgot but <laughs> so, so the two storms coming to a head here are Willard is abused like a little Joaquin Phoenix Joker man he's treated like shit and he's got a sick mother and his boss is always you know doing elbow drops on his psyche and also, Willard seems to have a preternatural command over rats. He can get rats to do what he tells them to. You know, he feeds them. He's, he's got a sixth sense for little rats. And so finally, he's like, I will get revenge on Arlie Ermy, my boss. By the way, the boss is Arlie Ermy from Full Metal Jacket, the drill sergeant. Uh, he goes to his house. He's great. And he trains. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think he's the best performance. I, I think he is, too. Well, Ben's great as well. <laughs> ben is great. I love Ben in the... Uh, anyway, go ahead. Um, and he, he I gets like his Ben at the beginning, but I start to... No, I love him. It's such good rat acting. <laughs> He's like, Willard, I saw you. I was there the whole time, Willard. Yeah, no. <laughs> just stares at that. Yeah, well, let's talk about that, like... Yeah, we can talk yeah, about mean mugging rats we, anytime. We need to stay on topic here. Plot so, synopsis, okay. Plot, plot synopsis, yes. So he gets two duffel bags, fills them with all the rats that have been breeding and, you know, yeah, multiplying. Even though he's kind of being a little, uh, you know, standoffish to Ben. Because he's like, Ben, you're too big to fit in this suitcase. Like, you're going to fuck it up so I don't have as many rats as I want. Which is ridiculous. Ben is big, but he, he can certainly fit in this thing. But, you know, he's there's friction between Ben, who's like his muscle, and Willard. Mm -hmm. Because what Willard really loves is Socrates, because he's mm -hmm. a good boy. So he's he takes the duffel bags of rats, like you do, to his boss's house, and has them chew their way into the garage and bite through his boss's tires. Um, and in spite of the... It's a Mercedes-Benz, yeah, by the way. Yeah, nice car. In spite of the convolutedness of this plot, he still almost gets caught. Right, yeah, he's just he's just a really terrible criminal. He's a bad criminal. He's not good at it. He has to he's go running really, over a fence. It would seem good at anything except training rats, and even that he's not very good at. Uh, I mean, I guess he's good at that. Well, then he well, should be able to control him. Ben. Well, Ben's, Ben's got more cult of personality than him. Ben's mm. better than Willard. Yeah. And we agree with that right now. Ben is evil, though. Like Ben behaves evilly from what from my interpretation of what I saw on screen, Ben is kind of evil. He just uh, misbehaved and misunderstood. So as well. Yeah, he he sees Socrates sitting up in the high catbird seat. He's like, "Yo, I'm the best. I'm like the muscle rat. This guy, he's just like a nice guy, but like you treat me like I'm nothing, even though I, yeah." So he, uh, he, uh, he slashes kills his a Pomeranian. tires, almost kills a Pomeranian, uh, goes home. And he goes home. Goes into the office the next day. Sorry, I don't mean to uh, And his boss locks him in an elevator no, and no, tells him he has a not, nice car. This is not Oh, wait, no, that's after. This is earlier. You're right, right, This right. is earlier. Because now the car's fucked. Because now the car is fucked. Yes. But that, I mean, this is like, you know, this is not... Whatever, and um, the you know everyone's happy though, and Willard kind of has a nobody step. seems to like the boss. No, so nobody he goes likes in the boss. and like 
they found out what happened to the car and everyone's just going, yeah, it's really cool. He's late for work. He's not even here yet. It's great. Yeah, Willard's feeling a little good, starts to get a little chemistry going with the new temp, who's actually just there to take his job, to take his job probably. <laughs> um, but, you know, Willard's feeling a little good. But then what happens? Ben. The stuff with Ben is starting to build steam. Not to mention, Willard's like, there are too many rats. Ben, you need to fucking find these rats a new home. And the mom overhears this and thinks it's nursing home talk. Uh, right. Even though I don't know who the well, fuck she thought he was talking to, because there's no one else yeah, in the especially house. when he was like, Ben! And he insisted I, I that there he were th- no rats. I think he thought he was, um, he was Practicing rehearsing something that he a was going to say to her. Uh, okay, that was not made perfectly clear. Willard, my name is not Ben! She says. Anyway, uh, shortly thereafter, he starts taking Socrates to sleep with him. Their friendship is really blossoming. Ben is jealous. Every night, he keeps sneaking in, trying to sleep in the bed. And Willard, very violently, kind of is like tossing him down the basement stairs Yeah, each I time. wondered about like the he's, animal cruelty. There's a sudden... <laughs> and I don't want to get too far into quality stuff. Am I coming through? Yeah. Um... But, like, uh, there's a very sudden tonal lurch, I feel, toward, like, he's asking Ben to do a favor to help. And he's like, and you'll lead them, won't you, Ben? <laughs> <laughs> he's just, like, so mean to Ben, and I cannot figure out why. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense why he and Ben are so antagonistic towards each other. There's really no reason for it. Anyway, Ben pushes his mom down some stairs, and she dies. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ben's got the rats behind him. They start really fucking with the kitchen anytime Willard's away at work. They're taking all the food. Yeah, they're taking over the this uh, this shitty old mansion. Like it's a mansion, but it is the shittiest, moldiest, ugliest fucking house that I have ever seen in my life. Oh uh, yeah, it looks smelly. It looks yeah, it looks like it smells like mold and garbage and death. And Willard. And Willard, who probably smells like those things too. Smells yeah, it's a million dollar shit box. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Why does the boss want it? Anyway. He wants to fuck with Willard, I think. Yeah, I'm like, what? Um, anyway, the mom's dead, so now it's free reign for the boss to fire him. But first, he goes to the funeral. The yeah. only one who's nice to him is the temp. And she's like, Catherine. Need yeah. Catherine, the temp. Um, also, uh, his house is being foreclosed His upon. house is being foreclosed upon. There are debts he didn't know about. Which so he finds out at the funeral because he won't answer the calls from the, from the banker. So the banker goes to the funeral to tell him <laughs> at the, his mother's funeral. Yeah. <laughs> he's about to break his knees, then he's like, no. Which, like, kind of doesn't make sense. It's, like, too mean and not the time. But then it's like, oh, well, you weren't answering your phone. Like, he was trying to tell you this for a long time, probably. And this is the only place he knew you'd be. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But, you know, it's very over the top. Everyone is over the top mean to Willard. Uh, The whole movie's over the top. This guy's very nice to Willard. Uh, I guess so. But But he he seems chummy. He's a little throwing his muscle around. He's chummy with the boss, though. Yeah. And you kind of don't know why. And then Willard's like, oh, maybe there's a fix in. And he's telling him so that he can fire me. He's Uh, telling him so he can get the house, which is made pretty clear. Why he wants it, though, I don't understand. Uh, And then, okay, now we can talk about the Michael Jackson song, because Catherine shows up with a very invasive grieving gift. Like, here have a life to have to take care of. <laughs> um, and he's like, ah, I got... But it's coming from a good place, she it's says. It's coming from a good place. She, there, 
here's a cat because you know this is the uh, mom of the cat, or no, the child of the cat that helped me get through my mom dying or whatever. Right. I, I so then I read uh, when I was reading. That's what I thought she she was saying yeah. too. Or this is the mom. But I've got the, the kitten. The, the, <laughs> no, that's what I thought she was saying. But when I read the Wikipedia page, and this is a thing where it's like. Maybe that person was going too much off of what they saw in either the book or the first movie, because I think we all thought the same thing. She said that this cat was the daughter of the cat that her mother left behind. Yeah. But the Wikipedia article <laughs> says that it's her mother's cat that oh, she okay. left behind, and it helped her get through her mo- the loss of Maybe her being able to see the tag would have helped. Like, it was on screen, but I couldn't read it I on couldn't the TV. I couldn't see it either. But maybe it said mother or something like that. Um, anyway, Willard's got But we don't have to dwell on the cat pocket. too much. Only to say that in the film's goofiest scene, and that is a feat, uh, the cat goes in, sees the rat army, and is pretty freaked out, turns on the TV to an audio channel... And plays Michael Jackson's Ben while it gets murdered. And by the way, this version of Ben is sung. Not that version. This version is the Michael Jackson version? Yeah. I might have been laughing too loud. Crispin Glover sings over the end credits. Oh, okay, okay. I thought maybe that was his version in both instances. Because I was not paying enough attention. I think I was intermittently yelling, what the fuck, what the fuck, followed by like, Nervous, ridiculous laughter. Yeah, and the cat it was so weird. almost escapes. Ben Lion Kings it so that it falls from the rafters into a sea of rats, and it gets devoured. Fair. Rats can even climb fair. up stuff. I That's don't fair. Understand why. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and we were we were positing why is the movie merciful to the Pomeranian, but the cat gets it so hard. Is it? Cat hatred, which can be a thing. Yeah, people get less weird about cats dying than but dogs, then maybe. Also, like, we came know. to the idea that, well, the cat is at least a, a rat predator, so maybe you don't feel as bad. But then, Rob, you pointed out this cat is terrified. The cat yes, is terrified. The cat, the cat, is, cat is very the cat scared. At, the cat at no point tries to go after any rat. It's like vaguely. It's vaguely interested in Socrates being in Willard's pocket when the cat is handed off to him. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like, it shows no interest in attacking any of these rats. It's just scared shitless. The second it gets stuck in the house, which, like, it seems like maybe, like, you can go, oh, the implication is Willard didn't really know that mm-hmm. that was going to happen. But it kind of seems like maybe he did. He just didn't want it to get Socrates, I think. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, get in. And he doesn't want Catherine to see all the rats in his house. No, he certainly doesn't want that. So then, uh, I think that's around the time Willard gets fired for real. Uh, Ermy fires him, and he brings Ben and Socrates to work. Ermy kills Socrates. Well, I've got bullet points point by point, so I can catch this up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ben is having a power battle with... uh, Or, sorry, I wrote Ben is having a power battle with Ben, but I think I meant Willard is having a power battle with Ben. Uh, After his mom dies, he's fired. um, And on that day, he brought Socrates and Ben to work because Ben insisted on on coming along. His boss, Fred Martin, is the name of the character, kills Socrates. Uh, yeah, that's correct. Mm-hmm. And then Ben sees it and is like, 
I want to. You weak ass. Save Socrates. I want to just interject with something real quick because uh, I feel like it's more. kind of important. Sure. Is that when Willard gets fired, the uh, secretary lady tells what's her name, Catherine, the, the uh, love interest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, tells her to go get Christmas ornaments from the the whatever, and she quits. Right. She she's like, well, if you fired Willard, she doesn't. I don't think she like explains it that way, but she's just no, like, go you pick up your Willard, own Christmas shit. If you fired shit. Willard, then I'm then I quit. Like I, this place is a shitty place to work. I'm out. Yeah. So she doesn't work there anymore. A point I wanted to bring up because she seems to know what's going on at the office. Like the uh. very next day, as though she went in. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but maybe she still has workmates. She and stuff, might, like but Willard like doesn't. it's not. It's not expressed that way. It's expressed more like they just forgot she quit. <laughs> yeah. Well, at any rate, Willard comes back and has the rats kill Martin. He does. Fred mm-hmm. Martin. Arlie Ermey character. Because it's his breaking point. Finally, Ben's like, you see, motherfucker? You see, like, you and your innocent little white rat friend? Like, now we do it my way. We're going to fuck this guy up. Yeah, but then he freaks out a little bit and, like, kills all the rats. He's just like, oh, God, <laughs> yeah, what about you? Yeah, yeah no, he, he they do his dirty work for him, and then he's like, oh, you guys are evidence. Which I'm like, are they? <laughs> like, they're rats. They can't talk, but sure. He's like, I'm gonna have to burn you or gas you all to death, and like Does incinerate your bodies. Does he do that because he thinks they're evidence? Yeah, I think he's like tying off the loose of ends of a rat attack. Of a rat attack. Uh, no, I, I, because he he does that, and then he goes home and kills all the rats who were at home who weren't involved. Yeah. So I think it's more he's just like, ooh, what he's have I become? He's just sick of all these goddamn like, rats. Like, I think this they is bad. I think the rats just go home after the attack. I think, yeah, I think that too. But he left half the rats at home. Right. So he, yeah. And so then he took all, then he took all the rats home, and he tried to kill all of them, and then he wraps up the whole house and tries yeah, to close all right. the entrances some of them so escaped. that no other rats can get in. Yeah, I think he's basically just freaking out about his... His own mental health and his... Well, I've used rats to kill my... I should probably stop dealing with these rats and start fucking not killing shit and blah, blah, blah. So, I think that's what goes Starting with these rats! He was so into murdering this guy! And he was into having a bunch of rats! Like, he has a big monologue about how much he loves it! But it's important that they've, they've killed his link, link to humanity. They killed Socrates. Not the rats, but Ermi did. So it's like, I think that's the turn is... Yeah. My only friend is gone. Right. Fuck everyone. But he has that speech where he's like, well, while right before he kills his boss, he's like, you made me hate myself, but now I don't hate myself. Now I like myself. So then um, the rest of the rats yes. led by Ben come back to the house and in the end of this whole battle he kills Ben. And then does he? Yeah. He tries to. Uh, ben I mean, just loses an arm and Yeah, he just he he tries to but he's only successful in cutting oh, off Oh, I his arm. I I left some things out like Catherine comes to the house right, and knocks Catherine. on the door and then the cops are are there and they're like <laughs> because he's about to go out to eat with Catherine, but then the rats have slashed her tires. And then, so mm-hmm. he's like, oh, I gotta go back in the house for a second because he sees the cops coming for him. And then he's in the house having a battle with Ben. Yeah. Because she accidentally lets the rats back in by using by the using toilet. By using the potty. Uh, oh, there is that. The she rats does. come through the toilet. 
She does fuck up. But his Ben's shit. also made it back through the hole in the wall. That right. he did on his own. He didn't need the toilet for that. I feel exactly. like he has to do the toilet first, and then I don't know. Anyway, it's, just, um, it's confusing. It and he's matter. like having a tearful speech with Ben, and there's like the cops are watching and hearing it all, I guess. And one cop's like, "Oh, there's a good law of this guy." Yeah. yeah well, this, this is after he's about? already gotten Ben's hand off, and now he's just like screaming at Ben and going, "Ben, I hate you!" Yeah. And all this stuff, and they're just like, "Well, better call Bellevue." <laughs> and then yeah. they look in through the window, and they're like, "And the health inspector, because there's a fuck ton of rats in there." And uh, then uh, he kills Ben, and uh, eventually gets put in Bellevue, where he befriends another white rat, and that's the end of the movie. <laughs> That's good enough. <laughs> it truly is the essential story. As, as much as I'm one of the main proponents of, oh, it's all right if the plot synopsis goes on, I felt like this one was going on a little too long. Yeah, me too. And oh, yeah. who cares? I mean, it doesn't matter. Well, we could do How Do We Like It. Um, I wanted to grab another drink, so... Okay, well, I'll play the theme, and Brady and I will talk about how we liked it. And okay, yeah, that back. sounds good. I'll Hurry be right back. back. Like they say in the Haunted Mansion. You can just turn it off and come with you. Yeah. Or not. At any rate, uh, remember this part? I think we'll get to hear Tiny Rob in the Box this time. Hey, 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 how do we like it? Oh, how do man. we like this, Brady? Barbershop choir sounding like a, an opera group. Oh. Well, oh, I, guess, I guess it's better now that he's not a small... Small box. <laughs> oh, Four no. of them, no less. Uh, We're gonna hear a lot of dogs now. Yeah. It'll it'll be like the rat sound effects because Tess left the door open. I but want a dog army. Uh, how did I like it? Yes. How did you like this movie, Brady? Uh, I don't think I necessarily liked it, which isn't to say I like super disliked it. Um, it for one thing. Okay, let me think. It's all right. Obviously, this is very camp, which is not necessarily a bad thing. But there was an issue I had, and I guess it's kind of I have to talk about the parallels to the new Joker movie with this, um, because it's a movie that's like so over the top in its cynicism that it's not just that Willard is crazy, um, and that you know, like we understand, he's having a hard time adjusting in the world because of who he is and how fucked up his family situation was, but everyone other than Catherine seems to be kind of a grotesque too. Yeah. So it's like, it's a weird, like, funhouse world, which could be a good thing, I don't know, but, like, I found it very weird and ugly in some ways, but still kind of entertaining, I guess. So I'm kind of on the fence. I might, yeah, I might have to go with, like, a C plus, B minus. Um, it felt longer than it should have been at 100 minutes. Like, it it seemed like there was a point. Hmm. We touched on this uh, when we were sitting on the couch where, okay, he does the prank on Martin. He gets the tires. And then for a while, you're like, oh, so what's next? What's the escalation? And for a while, it's just like the thing with Ben. It's like, it felt like there should have been more rat hijinks. Yeah. And for like the middle section felt saggy to me because it's just like, this weird thing, and and as I said, I, I felt like it came a little out of nowhere why he suddenly hates Ben so much. Totally, completely. Like, because he's too big! He's too big of a rat! Yeah. I like little cute white mice. It's not 
Um, so you know, it's it was a weird and singular thing. Uh, hats off to it for its weirdness. I I almost if I have a criticism, it's I wish it was weirder. I guess. Yeah. Um, but I do wish there was a way. It does feel too much like Joker to me, where it's just like everyone oh, is dog shit. Don't even say that. This was so much better. And but like, it's a world where it's like this isn't like an ill-adjusted person who like makes all the mistakes. The world around him is entirely dog shit. Oh, it's it's comically ridiculous and awful. But I think that this was nowhere near what what the Joker was. But, you know, it's impossible not to draw parallels in the plot of this movie. A put-upon, like, cuckolded man-child living in a shitty situation with a sick mother... With a weird sick mother. ...has everyone be mean to him and basically goes crazy and concocts, like, a weird revenge. Okay, I can't comment on that because I haven't seen Joker, but... That's an interesting... I didn't even think... You kept saying that last night, too, and I was like... I don't. I wouldn't go so far as to say that because tonally, and they end up in a mental hospital. Tonally, it's so different, and like so. I didn't find like it this, so. This, well, this, yes. This, okay. this, this, like, like what was weird and over the top about it felt handled tonally differently to the point where I like would equate it more to like maybe like a mishandled Tim Burton film You're than right. I would to whatever the fuck the Joker was trying to do. I think the story meat is the same. I think this it's obviously is nowhere near as relentlessly dour uh, and sad as Joker. And it replaces it with like, that. It's we didn't say it has this like weird Elfmanish score where it's just very So it's like, it is playing at being a, a comedy more than a drama, I guess. Um, but then <laughs> rats murder people. But that's more funny than, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. If I sound certain about any of this, I'm not. I found this very confusing at points. It's totally really, really baffling. Yeah, I think it's just, it's just kind of really over the top. Mm-hmm. I think that's the whole, the whole thing is every single little thing about it is over the top. Huge. Did, did you give a, um... A letter grade? No. Grade? I did. Wait, oh, I, he did. I gave it a C plus B minus. Okay. Uh, how did I like this? I'll just start off with my letter grade and say it's a C minus. Um, <laughs> you know, I thought c- you were going to give it a better grade than me. Yeah. That's not to say that I that there was anything wrong. Well, sorry, there are things wrong with it, but I don't. Like, yeah. Um, that I sorry, I meant to say. That's not to mean that I don't like anything about it. There are a mm-hmm. few things I did like about it. I like. Charlie Ermey, number one. Mm. <laughs> I think that's excellent casting, and, and it's a good, uh, <laughs> a good character for him. Um, you know, we're saying we we have issues with the movie. We're not saying that we mind mind Willard as a person. <laughs> we entirely support everything he did, right? Yes, that's uh, that's that's I what I was trying to say. I support all the characters, frankly. And I think I they were making the only choices they knew how to make. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. He only has world rat choices. They were living in. When life gives you nothing but rats, you work with them. Sorry, Rob. Go on. Um, and the other thing I liked is I did like the cinematography. Like I, um, I like kind of how they play with camera angles and stuff. Uh, of Willard, I remember in the opening there was like this weird shot where it was like looking at him from below. 
-hmm. And then later, as he kind of like gains power through the rats and stuff, there's a lot of sh like higher angle shots of looking yeah, at him yeah. from above. And they do the whole thing where they do wide shots of him and then close up shots of him to kind of really right. just show you that he's isolated. There's the scene where he's talking to his mother through the bedroom door that's like a very slow push in. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think whoever they got to do the cinematography, they're like, they got. A, a good DP. I there, like the you know. cinematographer. Yeah, so. it, it tries to do. I thought things. the editing could have used some work. Uh, I probably agree with that. Yeah, it was a, it was a little choppy. It's a little logy. It was choppy, and like a a good director would have known where to like rearrange some things a little bit, or you know, cut things down. Maybe make it so it doesn't look like Willard is st sitting in front of the door of the prank he's pulling for like. I don't know. Like, I would have cut all that shit out. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that would have been gone. It, yeah, it was kind of baffling, but, uh, you know, all in all, I, like, uh, I, d I just think it's a C minus. Like, sure. I, I wouldn't say it's, uh, it's like, shouldn't have been made, or what have been done. No, nah, it's just not that good of a movie. <laughs> I guess I'll also say, like, and I, d I have no evidence to back this up, but, like, this is from the gut. The thing with the killing the cat to the, like, winky, this is for the fans of Willard, which is like, how many of them are there um, in 2003? Like, just like the very gimmicky, yeah, it's the old song, but we're going to kill the cat to it, feels so early 2000s to me, and I cannot pinpoint why, but it just does. I think it's just from the early 2000s. Well, the and movie it's, is. It's handled so tonally weirdly that, like, you're not sure whether it's supposed to be stupid or not. You know? I think it is supposed to be a little, but it's also very, like, elbow in the ribs. Like, <laughs> you remember this one? Like, <laughs> yeah, the, and, the, it, and that is, that, but that's exactly why it has to be diegetic. But the cat turning on the TV, like, he doesn't even have it on a record. <laughs> he turns on that, the TV. that the cat, like, kicks the record spindle right onto the song, and it, like, like that would be less stupid it's like than the old, cat turning it's off like on the TV. It's like an old box TV, but it has, like, Comcast music match on yeah, it, Yeah, exactly. Like, what they, the hell is going on here? They just wanted here? to highlight, you know, Comcast music match. <laughs> get that product placement, Yeah, baby. get that product placement. That's when I was working in uh, product placement. Uh, so, so Tash, you didn't get to hear the sting, but uh, it is your turn for Hey, 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 how do we like it? Um, that is a complicated question. <laughs> Um, I would say my letter grade is probably maybe a C, C plus. Man, I thought um, I'd be bringing up the rear. Yeah, I mean, I could go as high as B minus, but uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, it's in the, C, it's in the upper C range for me. Uh, let's say C plus. Um, there, there were a lot of things that I liked about about it, but I feel like they were either not intentional or not made like explicitly intentional enough mm -hmm. for me to to go, oh, okay, I can see what they're doing. Like it reminded me a lot of Vampire's Kiss, but then like didn't wrap up in the same way that Vampire's Kiss does, where you're like, oh, it was all intentional, like every choice was, you know, made to to have this be a, a black comedy rather than a horror film. Right. Um, and this movie seemed like it didn't know, it didn't really know that it was funny. Or if it, if some people knew it was funny, other people didn't know that it was funny. So like, uh, you know, uh, 
there were characters that were playing this completely straight and characters that were doing something else and um, right. I, it, it was it, so it was weird in that way but like I like I like the Tim Burtonness of it is was the only way that I can really describe it like that that uh, opening sequence in the supermarket where he goes to buy like an Im there's like an impossible amount of choices and all the ones where he doesn't have to see a dead rat are sold out. So he buys all the ones where you do see a dead rat. <laughs> like, Which, uh, you know, that's, that's good because that becomes an important plot mover that he has to deal with the rat and like, actually see it. I, I thought that was interesting. I expected it to be like a little more in that direction of like, are we critiquing capitalism? Sort of, maybe. Are we critiquing anything? I don't know, probably not. It's maybe hey, more about like you're this, stand in a supermarket. This, Too this, many choices. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, is it maybe more about like being a weird white loner guy and not even the '90s anymore? <laughs> like, what, what was being a weird white loner in the uts? Willard? Yeah, having way too many rats, apparently. Too many rats. I uh, know exactly what being a weird white loner in the <laughs> Yeah, yeah, okay. That, that was... I guess here, yeah, here we all are. Uh, so, <laughs> um, so it was like that. Uh, and, um, it was like that. Uh, uh, we had a word for it then, you're, you're, and that uh, word anyway. was Willard. Um... <laughs> Uh, the, some of the other things I liked was like the overt horror references I thought were mm -hmm. kind of funny and interesting and like amusing to pick out and like uh, unless anyone picked up on any more obscure ones that there may have been like this may have been like the cool fun part of this movie is if you're really into like horror and like maybe the kind of stuff that this movie uh, branched off into like animal horror because this was the first of its kind in the 70s apparently like mm. we're one of the first um, and huh. now there's now there's like sharknadoes everywhere but at the time this was like the first thing that anyone had ever seen maybe yeah i guess um, jaws was jaws was later 78? yeah so this so arguably okay. willard created jaws <laughs> uh, <laughs> i'm sure steven spielberg agrees entirely uh so <laughs> i'd like to give this oscar to willard <laughs> I, I did i did like the you know movie and the man the, the the horror references like it was it, it, it was a lot to to psycho which the original may or may not i don't know um but the psycho references were pretty overt yeah um there were some others mm -hmm. uh Gosh, now I'm blanking on it. Um, Psycho's the most obvious one. Oh, you mentioned The Haunting. Uh, the Haunting. The Haunting, uh, that was actually... So we kind of glossed over in our plot synopsis the ending. The Haunting but, also, uh, Carnivorous Couch episode uh, 20... With Brian oh, yeah. Bauer. Yes. With Brian Bauer. Um, was I on that one? I must have been. Yeah, oh, yeah, totally. Uh, so uh, the end of The Haunting, one of my favorite horror movies... Um, the one of the characters runs up a spiral staircase and then is met with the only jump scare in the <laughs> entire movie that is built up with such incredible tension that it's not just a jump scare when it happens. It's like the culmination of all the stress you've experienced throughout watching the entire haunting. And so at the end of Willard, he runs up a spiral staircase that you've never seen before, by the way. I, I don't think. Does anyone remember seeing that, that part of the house until the end? Uh, I forget. So most of the stuff oh. happened is in the base basement. Then there's like an attic where there's a spiral staircase, and he goes up there, and then he like gets jump scared by Ben. Right. Um, and that is that. That was like hands down, obviously, to me, 
uh, a reference to like so something that is this aware of like the yeah, hor the horror right. genre and, and the homages that it's doing would know that that was what it was mm -hmm. referencing. So that's that's one of the things I liked about it. I was like, oh, I know what you're doing there. <laughs> I find this intriguing. I like things that I remember. <laughs> um, Don't so I we like all? That. I, there's another movie that like you know there, there was oh there's the stuffed birds that that he had in like his study. So that was also from uh, from Psycho. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think stuffed birds uh, are in yeah, like all absolutely. of Hitchcock's movies. Actually, he loves weird birds. Um, yeah, I'm sure there's other stuff. And like, if anyone thinks of any, like, let me know. But it just seemed like it was just crammed full of references to stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I think you're right. So, so all this stuff, what does it add up to? Ahoy, hoy. What? What? What, 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 what did it all about? What's it all about? Yes. What's it all about? <laughs> Subtle. That, I just looked at Desmond and like, that might be it. That might, that might be the <laughs> one that I did. <laughs> and, and make this thing. Someday I'm actually going to produce that shit. Um, I don't know, Brady. What do you think it's all about? I don't know, Rob, but maybe I'm going to get into a little more Joker talk here. I know Tess hates this. Uh, if you want to talk about it in light of the Joker, now that you've pointed out that the plot is exactly identical, go for it. It is true. It is. Okay. It's I want to talk story. about the Joker because... Glad you're going with him on that. Here's this thing. All right. So, <laughs> the Joker comes out in the wake of a lot of shit. You know, we're still, like, talking about, like, recessions. Uh, there's the debate of, you know, like, angry men on Twitter. There's all that stuff. And I think a lot of that stuff is not well handled by the Joker. I don't like Joker. But <laughs> there's but the uh, movie did surprisingly win the Golden Lion at Venice with no less an acting luminary than Isabelle Huppert anointing it the best movie of the festival. And the reason is there's at least maybe something to that illusion of this is tapping into our times, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't really dig the way it does that, but there is that. Yeah. Here's my problem with Willard. What is this about? What's its context? Like, mm -hmm. it's it's so specific that he's just, I guess he's just a guy with a shitty job and he has command over yeah. rats. Like, I ha I'm having trouble. I guess what this is about is just like your classic loner revenge story. It's a guy put upon by the world it is a revenge getting story. his revenge. Yeah, I, th I think there's a lot of... Um, well, I mean, it's a trope uh, just in general of mm -hmm. like... It's it's the way you paint somebody as like an underdog. Mm -hmm. Like they do it in The Mask with Stanley Ipkiss getting yelled at. Right, for being it's like it's Like so he's constantly ladies. He doesn't know how to score with Cameron Diaz. And yeah, he's bad yeah, with like the ladies. His mom is mean to him if he has a mom. Or some old some old hags mean to him, like his landlord's mean to him in The Mask. Yeah, there, right. there's a lot of stuff uh, past the late 80s all the way through the 90s and, and such where it's like, here's, you know, here's a relatable thing that apparently a lot of people have, which is they're... They hate their job. Their their boss is an asshole. They're always late. They don't know what they're doing. They're just freaking doing it every day, every day, every day. Yeah, just some emasculated, right. sad, yeah, white guy. A downtrodden nebbish. Which okay, that's what the movie's about. The problem here is like he kind of okay. A well, no, I'll go with this first because I want to jump off to something with this. 
with the second part. Uh, go, Brady, go. Right. The problem one is he pretty quickly becomes less of a nebbish than like kind of dickish. Like he's very right. reactionary. So, you know, and obviously this isn't supposed to be the mask, but Stanley yeah. Ipkiss, aside from just being kind of a shrinking violet, is obviously a very nice person. There's a reason to root for Stanley Ipkiss. Or, you know, even something like Jim Carrey and Me, Myself, and Irene, right? But in this one, like, he becomes a dick in a way that, like, isn't that thrilling or appealing. And as we said, he's not even that good at being, like, the right. empowered guy. Yeah. Like, he's kind of a dunce, uh, which is a lot like the Joker. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not like it's a like genius, like, finally happens. raises his voice. He's a, a dunce. Um, anyway. Like sad comparison. And this is where... I also kind of, and I know Rob, you disagree with this. I wish I wanted something more out of the Glover performance that wasn't so like weirdly opaque. Like I don't feel like I got insight into this guy. He's just kind of a clenched fist and like angry and deserves I to be so. Talk about that a little bit. All right. Well, then that's my point. This is a this is its own weird version of the Outcast Revenge story, Tess. Take us further into that. So are we, we're doing What's It All About? This is What's It All About. Okay, so this is a great jumping off point for a couple things I wanted to talk about. Um, uh, what, uh, I, I guess the, the first thing I want to talk about is uh, when I saw this movie, I saw this movie in, a th in the theaters in 2003 when it came out uh, in Sacramento with a friend. And it, it, for it being something that I feel like I almost immediately forgot, having watched it yesterday, um, at the time it made a huge impression on me. Like, I don't, I don't know what it was that I found so impressionable about it. I, I think, I guess I'd like never seen anything like it before and I'd never seen a performance quite like Crispin Glover's. I always want to mess up and call him Crispin Freeman, who is a voice actor. He voiced Toga <laughs> in the Revolutionary Girl, Utna Dub, and is uh, Connie's dad in Steven Universe. Anyway, uh, if I fuck up and call him that, forgive me. Um, so Crispin Glover's performance might have been kind of what really stuck with me when mm -hmm. I saw it as a kid. And I thought, I don't know what he's doing. This has to be, it has to be a movie that he had a lot of say in and had a lot to do with and maybe he went to the director or he funded it or produced it or something so that he could get to play this role the way that he envisioned um, in, in whatever was going on there because I'd never seen anyone play a part quite this way. I don't think Kristen Glover so in these days is in movies that he doesn't have that right kind right exactly and like <laughs> nowadays he he makes all of his movies I guess he like self funds or something and they're mm -hmm. all I, I've never seen any of them um, so my point is uh, I guess that is not actually I was re I was tr looking at trying to find information about this it came out a while ago uh, uh, nearly 20 years ago <laughs> And uh, there is uh, there is not very much information on the internet that you can just easily look up. So I was kind of stiffing around, and then learned that uh, not only was Crispin Glover not like behind it, he wasn't even the first uh, consideration for the part. He wasn't like approached to play it, 
or anything like that. Like, and I mm -hmm. thought that had to be the case. Even wa even rewatching it last night, I thought he has to be behind this in some way. Um, and apparently, like Walking Phoenix rejected it, and like a bunch of other people. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Boy. Like, and I don't know if that's absolutely Andrew Bird said true. The the, as I said, like finding information on this was hard and dubious, but I did read from a source, maybe not an accurate one, that Joaquin Phoenix rejected this role. <laughs> <laughs> Only to take it many years many, later many years and later. win an Oscar. So, so got to do what you got to do. What's it all I about? I guess you do. Um, it Willard is, Wood. It is not about <laughs> Crispin Glover creating a role for himself where he got to do what that was and whatever he was doing in that like I watched him play this whole character and I do not know what it was that he was doing and at the time like reading reviews from that time like people were saying like oh it's like a powerhouse performance but not a very great movie and like he's so good and I would be like he's maybe like the third best actor in this <laughs> it's like uh, Ben uh, Ermy <laughs> and then Glover <laughs> I like it's fair that the rat should get best in show Ben yes. is great um, I do want to talk a little about Ben if we have time but uh, <laughs> uh, I think Ben moves to Paris and helps Remy start right, a restaurant yeah Ben is his muscle. Yeah, he's the um, New Yorker rat. He's like, hey, what are we talking about? He here? keeps that nasty chef out of the oh, shop. Yeah. yeah, he does. Uh, <laughs> he ties up that funny. health inspector. That's good. Yeah, he he's the one that keeps the health inspector from coming yeah, sure. back and trying I'm to ben. shut down their restaurant. Um, so, so like, it's not what it's not about is. A passion project of Crispin Glover's, which wish is you what, wish, which wish is you what wish it was. I wish it was, and what I thought it was. Um, That's the narrative I also wish for, uh, that I was preparing for. What it is actually about, I would say you are right, but I want to pontificate a little bit about the idea that this guy, for some reason, felt like he needed to keep this shitty job. He needed to keep this musty, old mansion, like this dirty, filthy mansion that probably cost more to like let the bank make him pay the mortgage on it or whatever it was getting foreclosed. I'm not exactly mm -hmm. sure what was going on there, but like they were like, sell the house, go somewhere new, take control of your destiny. And he fucking refused to do it. If I had a house, that my family left me that was a big pile of shit but I could probably get a million dollars for, I would sell it in a fucking heartbeat. I don't understand what he was trying to do by fighting against this. He was hurting nobody, like, the, yeah, the system sucks, but the system was gonna work for him. He could have bought a little nest egg and gone somewhere with that cute girl who liked him. I guess And instead, uh, he let these rats ruin his life! It's, I guess he, the joke maybe is he heard Seize Your Destiny and was like, gotcha, loud and clear, got some rats. We're gonna kill <laughs> Even people. if that I, guy wasn't gonna buy the house, somebody else would have bought it and he could have taken the money. And he could have bought a condo somewhere cool. Even though I guess, wait, maybe he couldn't have, because then he, we, he didn't know that, but he has like a bunch of liens on the house, right? 
I think they were oh, like wait, you but could, but still. they were. They kept saying he could sell the house. He could still sell. Okay, he could yeah. get enough money to go somewhere else and get a better job yeah, they, with they had people equity. that like him. Okay, they had you're equity, right. They could be yeah. good against the lien, sir. Uh, I am the one who knows the least of real property in this room, including <laughs> the dog. I mean, I, I don't know. Much I don't know anything. <laughs> I'm going partially on like you know what I know about like. Well, my dad was a loan officer, so I guess I picked up a little bit of information. But I'm mostly going on what they told me in the movie, the information they gave me, which is he could have sold the house, gotten a little money, quit his job, bought a place, picked up somewhere new. No, why I, I, wouldn't you do that? Because I think the whole idea of the character was he had been crafted by the situation of his mother and his father. And, you know, because of that, been uh, saddled to this job, regardless of how much he hated it, and that he had no choice in any of those matters, and it created somebody who has no choice in any future matters. He seemed to really want to stay in that house, too, which but, is weird. Well, because he had no choice. That's the only place he's want, ever been. He seems to want to repeat, like, the, the trials of the father or whatever, well, because, like, they heavily imply... That. That his father killed himself, and then he tries to go. He like goes into a box that his dad left behind, and there's like a bloody pocket knife. Yeah. And he pulls it out and like starts to cut his wrist, and then like uh, Socrates stops him. No, dude. And it's like, oh, are you just gonna be doing this? Like, you're just you just want to you just like can't break this cycle or something. Like, I don't know what your problem is, man. Well, yeah, I like that actually. Even though I. If it's about that though, then like it doesn't explore very well. Like it if, doesn't explore if this is well. a story about like family legacy crushing you and like being so traumatized from like the shit heaped on you that you can't like see like an actual beneficial way out of it and instead <gasps> you have to murder with rats. Like that's that's <laughs> all there. But okay, sure, that would be good, but I don't think the movie spends much time on that. I it doesn't. I think right. I think this goes right into the one thing I wanted to say about what no, this go is ahead, possibly go ahead. about. I might have a funny thing to say. I'll think <laughs> about it. <laughs> well, okay. So, I think, as I said before, that uh, Willard has been put into the situation by his family, by his mother, by and so forth and so on, and cannot leave, and that um, his mom says to get rid of the rats, and when he's trying to. Um, set traps and blah 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 he finds Socrates and that is the first choice that he's ever made in his entire life on his own he's doing the opposite of what he's supposed to do this rat was supposed to die got caught in a glue trap and he rescues it and he loves Socrates oh. because it's the one thing he's ever chosen to do and then when the specter from the past this you know the job he has to work the house he has to be in and and you know Ben actually stands apart from uh, the Socrates aspect because Socrates the, the one white rat that, <laughs> that is shown on there screen. There were a few others. There were a few others, but the one white rat that's shown on the screen most of the time um, and essentially when Socrates is killed, that's now been taken from him and Ben kind of uh, represents the house as it were. Ben's the old rat who's been living in the house getting fat on, on this suffering that Willard's been going through. And mm. he takes over the whole thing. And Willard eventually kills Ben and then that is when he gets removed from the house. And then what's he do? He gets put in uh, in the mental institution and he's got... Wait, uh, does Ben die? Yeah, he kill. That's the shot with him in the window and he's like 
beating oh, Ben right, to right, death. Right, right, right. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. He, another he homage to, does, to horror. That's, yeah. a, that's a Hitchcock thing. Yeah, um, totally. Which, do you know which one? Or multiple, maybe? There's probably a lot that have yeah. like, just the shadow or the silhouette. As uh, uh, someone who's still I mean, like, even just very like, unschooled, I've seen not many Hitchcocks. I mean, some. But even like Psycho yeah. would be like a, analogous because you like see the silhouette behind, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, I, I guess it's more of a Psycho thing. But at, at any rate, um, but then what's he do? He goes and befriends another <laughs> white rat in in Bellevue and it says sit here and wait quietly like a mouse. Quiet as a mouse like because, wouldn't hurt a fly. Right. <laughs> right. That's the other mouse. But, but the idea yeah. is, is that he's sitting there and goes like look it was good when I didn't freaking take Ben along and go kill my boss and blah blah blah. If I just sit here with my little white rat and be quiet and take the hand I'm dealt but enjoy this this is my path. And this is my choice, because that little white rat represents the only choice he's ever been able to make. Mm -hmm. That's what I think it's all about. A heartwarming tale of white rats saving your ability to choose. Everyone buy a white rat. I don't know where... We should make Amy Coney Barrett watch this fucking movie. We should turn Amy Coney <laughs> Sorry, Barrett right into a choose. white rat. So. Uh, like the witches. So, whatever. Um, I... Uh, is there is there like is there a segment where it would be like most prudent for me to talk about Ben's performance? Uh, probably after commercial <laughs> break, right? We haven't even gone to my commercial. That sounds like a good final point. <laughs> sure, sure. Final, yeah, that can be my final point. Ben's final performance. point. Yeah, oh yeah, because yeah, exactly. Let's let's go do understudy. Oh okay, understudy, you say? All right, um, I'm ready. Are you? Where's my? Do you thing? have your paper? Uh, do you have it? This is. No, you're not just going to record paper. this later. Have you have it. We have papers. Okay, okay, cool. Understudy. Thank God we don't have to do ads. <laughs> so sorry we couldn't get the actors to do the scene from this screenplay, but we've got to understudy. Hopefully someday we'll be honest. able to do ads. We're probably more famous right. anyway, so. Try to guess the actors, try to guess the movies. Tweet us at C A R N Y Couch. This game called Understudy is happening, happening, happening right now. Oh, no, 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 no. The DNA matches, the timing works, everything checks out. He is Gusto's son. <laughs> this just can't happen. This whole thing is a setup. Uh, the boy knows. Look at him. Uh, out there, pretending to be an idiot. He's toying with my mind like a cat with a ball. Something. String? Yes, uh, playing dumb. Taunting me with that rat. Rat? Yes, he's uh, consorting with it. Deliberately trying to make me think it's important. The rat. Exactly. Is the rat important? Oh, of course not. He just wants me to think that it is. Oh, I see the theatricality of it. Uh, a rat uh, appears on the boy's first night. I ordered it he kill it, and uh, he wants to see it anywhere. Woo, it's here. No, it isn't. It's here. Am I seeing something? I'm crazy. <laughs> is that a phantom rat? Is it there or not? But, oh no, I refuse. I refuse to be sucked into this little game of... Uh, Should I be concerned about this? About you? I can't fire him. 
Uh, he's, he's getting attention, don't you find? If I fire him now, ev uh, everyone will see and wonder why. And the last thing I want is people looking into this. What are you so worried about? Isn't it good to have the press? Isn't it good to have Gusto's name getting headlines? No, not if they're all over his face. Gusto's already a face, and it's uh, fat and lovable and familiar, and it sells burritos. Uh, millions and millions of burritos. The deadline passes in three days. Then you can fire him whenever he ceases to be valuable, and no one will ever know. I was worried about the hair sample you gave me. I had to send it back to the lab. Why? Because the first time it came back identified as rodent hair. That was uncertain. Tweet us your answer at C-A-R-N-Y couch. Rob, that oh, was yes. a performance, not to spoil things, but worthy of a four-time Oscar winner. Oh, yes. And also... Uh, I wish I could pinpoint who you were doing. Yeah, yeah well, the whole... <laughs> I'll let you know if I can think of it. Yeah, you can tweet your answer really to C-A-R-N-Y couch. I, I told him I would let him know. Okay, let I him know. I swear I used to be better at that accent. Well, at any rate, uh, yes, tweet us your answer. If you know what movie that was from or which of the two terrible impersonations we were doing, um, essentially. It wasn't Billy Quizboy, was it? No. <laughs> no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't at all. You know who it sounds like, though, the voice you were doing? And mm. I know that this couldn't be it because you're not listening to it with me. Uh -huh. It sounded like the voice of Mr. Wednesday in the American Gods uh, full cast audio recording of the book. Well, That's who you sounded I like. Mr. Wednesday had a deep voice. It sounded like whatever you were doing. I wasn't doing a deep voice. I was doing so a I'm not gonna. Voice. I'm not going to be able to figure it out because that's who I was thinking of when I heard the at, voice at you were At times, doing. I accidentally tipped into Wallace Shawn, which oh. uh, it draws a, a very interesting parallel. Something about the way that you were saying words reminded me of that voice actor from the, the audiobook that I'm listening to. Okay. It's not him. Okay. I, I mean, I knew it couldn't have been. That wouldn't make any sense. Well, I'm glad that you two have worked out this couple. Well, what's Billy Quish boy? This isn't working, and I don't yeah, know why you think I it wasn't, would. I, wasn't oh, I should do one next enough. time, and I'll just do. No, I can't. But then I told the audience listeners. Yeah, you have to wait like a month. <laughs> I know. So, so as it is, this podcast is very democratic. So, um, I, I'm kind of thinking, ah, we've got we've got enough of an animated discussion going on here, and we got stuff to talk about. So we don't need to do Metacritical. Okay. Yeah. A, a break. I was going to opt Ooh, out of the game. Okay, well then, sure. I'm well, terrible at it anyway. Well, in that case, it's time for final points. All right. I believe Tess had one. Uh, yeah, I wanted to talk about uh, my favorite performance in the film, which was Ben the Rat, who uh, in the one of the few reading materials I could find about this movie was the... Uh, um, what, what's his name? The the critic. Oh, Roger Ebert. Roger Ebert. Roger Ebert's uh, uh, article about it when it came out uh, mm -hmm. said that he read ominously somewhere that Ben was played by an animal that probably wasn't a rat. Now, Brady looked it up and discovered what kind he's, of rat. He is he, a rat. He very obviously was a rat. 
but I thought that that was a really funny thing that he like was trying to look it up on the old internet and was like, not a rat. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe it was a puppet like part of the time. Yeah, the, whoever came up with that theory has grossly uh, yeah, underestimated was, how big rats can be. Was, yeah, first go of all, to a Norwegian did. harbor, you'll see was, some Yorkie sized This was 2003 rats. internet and an old man was trying to look up the information. <laughs> like, let's consider how this might have gone. He's like, I weirdly read that it was a maybe not a rat. Well, sir, it was. And you got duped by somebody on the internet. Anyway. <laughs> that also sounds very odds and now. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so, but I did think that was funny um, from his, his article. Uh, it was a very good article. If you're listening, I recommend you read his review of Willard. It's funny and pretty spot on. Uh, he was uh, so great at trashing movies. Oh, he's funny and great. I love him. Um, so, anyway. Um, but Ben, I don't... So Ben is one of the most confusing aspects of this movie, and I feel like a lot of the way that I interpret the movie is me interpreting what I think Ben is doing and then extrapolating from there. So like because he's such a powerful performance, he, he kind of overshadows, I mean, I, I would say that he definitely does overshadow uh, Crispin Glover's uh, interpretation and performance insofar that Ben he seems almost like an evil force in this guy's life mm -hmm. so like it'll seem like maybe like Crispin Glover like Willard is supposed to be the one kind of doing evil here but like he's so ineffectual and like kind of so just 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 feckless yeah. that that ben, the powerfulness of Ben just showing up in a scene is like, he's here to torment you. He's here to kill your mother. He's the one that's driving you to go kill this guy. He's the one that, out of jealousy, brought Socrates into danger. Like, all those things were things that I interpreted because of, like, the powerfulness of this rat. I don't... Sorry to quibble. I don't think that's true. Socrates was always going to get brought to work. Ben insisted on coming too but I what think i ben is like because she she like she does say it's a white rat yeah but like i feel like maybe she saw both of them because she says how huge the rat is too uh, and i'm like that's so weird like did he set them up like what's he and then he just like sits back and watches like impassively but like kind of like overbearing i don't see i judge that a different way i think he was like in spite of like the fact that I think he was jealous of Socrates, my take was he's like, "Come the fuck on, Willard! Like, finally do it! Don't let one of ours die! Like, because you won't act." And then he does, and that's the moment where it's like, "All right, bitch, I'm your shoulder devil, just and like, oh. I'm your permission to like go buck wild, which is what you've wanted, and now you've got nothing else. Let's go kill Arlie Ermy." Oh, uh, that makes so devil. much more sense. He's a shoulder devil. Yeah, brooding. he's got a little good white rat on one shoulder and a big evil gray mm. rat on the other shoulder. He's a I big mean, boy. So I always kind of thought of him as, um, <laughs> I mean, like there's the, the through line of 
initially when he's taking him to tear up the boss's tires, he's like, you're too big, you can't come with, or, or whatever. And he's like, oh, I'm coming, I'm a chungus. Yeah, Ben is just he constantly is. and always defiant. Yeah. Of, it doesn't uh, even matter what's going on. Yeah, like, he's basically the embodiment of Willard's lack of, of control, even if... This is such a good point, you guys. I yeah, think this movie Ben is id, so and Willard, maybe that's why he, ben, Willard doesn't want him. Like at least on a symbolic level, he's like, I, I don't want to go that far. This, like, buddy, this you're gonna burn this psyche. guy's house down. He's like, that's right, I am. So Bring me. I think like it's not my fault. I misinterpreted this because not only is it like a really really confusing movie. <laughs> and 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 uh, Glover's performance is so weird that I like was trying to find information from just a really imperious rat. <laughs> <laughs> ben will tell you what you most want to hear. Uh, and, and in fact, he does, or what you least want to hear. Uh, so, he which is why I was like spending the whole movie going, Ben is evil. Ben isn't evil exactly he's just trying to get this guy to like break bad <laughs> yeah now i'd like to hear rob rob's higher than us on glover's performance and to be clear i think it's magnificently weird what he's doing i was very entertained but like rob i was too give us the hard sell like for glover because we haven't we haven't talked much about glover's performance yeah i i said i don't know what the hell it was but uh, I don't think it was bad, and to be clear, I think both Ben and Ermi's performance were great. I think that his performance was great. I merely ranked them. I just don't really understand his performance. I don't, I don't really get it. Like I know he is like at one moment he's like really super tender to this rat, and then he's doing a George McFly thing where he's nervous, and then he's like yelling at somebody. Like, I don't, I don't really understand it, and maybe it's the script, like his motivations, and he's just trying to float from motivation to motivation. Uh -huh. But yeah, I, I just don't know. Well, <laughs> I mean, I guess I did say that Christman Glover was fantastic, but I think he's just always fantastic. I like him because he's weird and because you don't know exactly what's, um, I agree. What what's provoking him? I I guess there's nothing about the performance that I'm like this this choice is brilliant or that like it's mostly just no. I like seeing Crispin Glover on screen because you don't know what to expect because he'll do. He's anything. His weird died alone in love with a white rat energy is pretty intense. Uh, my hot take is he's the best performer in Back to the Future. Oh. Oh, that's an interesting take. I love him. Hot, that hot that takes movie. a stack of hot cakes. Wow. Really? Not even Clara? That's Back to the Future 3. Oh, well, I thought you meant the franchise. Even though, <laughs> I don't know, that's my favorite of the movies, so probably, yeah. I'd need to go back and watch three again. Well, I know that uh, Testa wants to go to her final point about Ben. This was yours. I, I was just, I was just kind of like, you know, but I, I playing racquetball with our discussion of Ben. I didn't really know what I wanted to say other than I thought he was really intense, and every time he was on the screen, I was like, what a powerful actor. I apologize. He's very I didn't scary. Mean to mischaracterize His your, hulking your presence. But then you guys kind of corrected me on like where I was coming from with him. Um, well, so that's in, like he okay. So he's Willard's id. That actually makes it more intense. <laughs> well, I also had another final point. Yes. And I mean, this probably should have gone in things I liked about the movie, and we're talking about how do we like it. 
but um, I like the treatment of I like how the film uh, treats uh, Willard like a rat and that he refuses to treat the rats in the same way like when his boss like basically like a rat in a cage locks him in the elevator yep. and starts chewing him out but then like kind of leaves him a little key to the puzzle <laughs> you know the cheese or whatever we're at the end of the like he Do leaves, you mean the, how he leaves the lock, the lock in, is unlocked lock so he can reach around and figure but figure he can't really the love interest the love interest has to go let him out and right. he can't get out of there either but he does the exact same gesture and then you know in like a turnabout is fair play kind of situation like uh says hey tiger what's the matter can't handle a little blood yeah <laughs> which is but what, which he, is what said. he said to him after he murdered his best friend but I mean and then the other thing is his best friend Socrates when when he has Socrates does he build a little cage for him and go like okay hang out in the cage Socrates no he carries around he carries puts him, him in his desk like a weird rat man yeah but he carries him around with him and, and treats him like a friend and, mm -hmm. and, and this and that he loves that rat yeah it's like that's one of the things about his performance that I do think is like creepy weird cool is he's just like so in love with this rat he is very in love with this rat but my point is that the outside world treats him like a rat in a cage, a, a pet to be kept, how his parents kept him. Oh, you'll always work this job. Oh, you always stay in this house and blah, 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 regardless of what's going on But then when people tell him lives. to be free, he doesn't know how to escape his cage. He's like, I have to stay in the cage. Right. That was the other point I made about the being conditioned. Therefore, he mm -hmm. uh, the option has been removed because that just that pathway isn't in his brain. But um, What about all his rage? But my whole thing is that... <laughs> I mean, all his rage. He's still just a rat in a cage. All um, his rage. But but the thing is, is with all that, he never treats the rats like rats. He just treats them like people. Yeah, he treats Ben like a person that you are kind of disrespectful so, so to. So people but treat him like a rat. He treats rats like people. That that was that was the point. That was what I was. I was Jackie Treehorn thinks rats are people, man. man. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting real tangential here. Well, those are my. That was good my, thoughts. That was my final point. You know. Guys, I feel good about this. Me too. I do too. Willard. Um. So we like didn't didn't love it, didn't hate it. Had a lot of had a lot of thoughts. Had some thoughts. I mean, I, I will say one thing about this movie: it leaves an impression on you. It does. And it does. Uh, one of the things that I I didn't mention because I don't know like what else to say about it, but that that segment that was definitely in the trailer of him standing in the elevator and having all the rats pour out around him. Oh, Shining, sort of. It's kind of like the blood coming out of the elevator in The Shining. Yes. Um, I, you know, maybe I that was the one. that was the other comparison that I wanted to make. But it's like he's standing in the middle of it. Right. And it's so weird, rat CGI, but partially real rats. Like, we were in that area of CGI where, like, no one quite knew what to do. <laughs> and then he says, I am the one who rats. Right. Uh, <laughs> from, from the show Breaking Bad. So, whatever rats. that was, that was an rats. iconic image. Rat. I also want to say that, like, did Ratatouille steal from this movie when they had all the rats fall through the ceiling where the chandelier was? Uh, could certainly have been an homage, uh, because I think Brad, Brad Bird's Bird a likes big an nerd. Homage. 
But would it be a, an homage to this one, or did it happen in the 70s one? That'd be the big question, because I, I don't no know clue. that Brad Bird would have seen this, but he probably has seen the original because he just seems like that kind of a nerd. And, you know, how many rat-centric pieces of fiction are there? So if you're like... More a, than you would think. Sure, but but if you're like a jaunty, like, playful director like Bird, and you're probably like, all right, are movies about a rat? Like, give me some rat references. And that could certainly have been one that came oh, up. Oh, yeah. He might have looked up just, like, what are some special effect moves that I could improve upon because right. I'm that kind of a dick. <laughs> how can I make that look better? I liked that. Let me make it look good. <laughs> exactly. And Rob, you make us all sound good. Ah, yes, occasionally. Um, what, uh, you know, very occasionally, like now, but then not then, but then, then, and then, okay. Um, not Theo, <laughs> but Theo. Exactly. Um, so what should we do next week? Boy, I think I actually touched on all my points. Usually I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like, I forgot to say that! Well, now that you just said you touched on all your points, you've guaranteed that you haven't. Oh, don't tell me that. <laughs> You're going to be up on that. No, I talked about Ben. I talked You're going to be up on that. Thinking about I talked Ben. About, I talked about Walking Phoenix, was the, which was the weirdest thing I wanted to point out, mm -hmm. is that I read that Walking Phoenix rejected the role, which I was just like, what? That is the, obviously the coolest tidbit that I have read about this weird movie. But uh, my question stands. Brady, what should we do next week? What yes. should we do next week? Oh. I'm going to be on the podcast until I lose Rochambeau. What have <laughs> I been trying to ram through lately? I only have one week till Halloween, so I guess maybe I should re-up that uh, and go with Don't Look Now. <laughs> <laughs> like, Don't Look Now. You know what I've been wanting Don't to rewatch? Is that the 70s one about the... Uh, Oh, no. I'm uh, it's a 70s movie by Nicholas Rogue. The kid who's died. and The kid's died yeah, and okay. Donald Sutherland. Right. I was just thinking They're about it, and with Halloween coming around, we'll be gone next Sunday, though. We'll be at my parents' house. Anyway. Uh, uh, Monster House is my suggestion. Okay. Monster I'm House. still going with No Country for Old Men. <laughs> All right. Okay, who I does really what with the Rosham? Why don't we just all the throw Rochambeau at the okay. same time and see who loses? Right. Okay. <laughs> Rochambeau. Oh. Uh, we all lose. Well, I beat you. And Tess beats you, but I beat Tess. Okay, we this gotta do another one. This is the problem with three-way Rochambeau. Well, it doesn't matter. Do just it keep again. going. Then you keep yeah. going. Well, Rochambeau. Uh, Tess wins. Beats us both. Yes! Gets two Monster movies in House! A row. I got Jesus. I got two movies in a row, and then it was Maddie, and before that it was also me. Uh, this sucks. Sorry. But Maddie isn't here this time. So you've only gotta deal with eliminating me. And we're watching Monster House, baby, for Halloween. Okay. I think we should bring back the convoluted form of voting where we <laughs> We're Just yell whoever yelled something well, first. Well, well like now <laughs> some voting happens and, and then then we for no reason decide what happened. All right, now we agree. Monster House is good. No, no, I, okay. I like Monster House. And it's House. one that I was thinking about and I wanted to revisit because it was like Willard where it like made a huge impression on me, but I kind of forgot what I liked about it. All right, well, I guess because it took so long to do like uh, four months, three weeks, and two days, uh -huh. I'm just going to have to do carry that torch with uh, fucking uh, No Country for Old Men. 
This is payback. I'm just really, really good at Rochambeau. <laughs> Meaning what? Well, you suggested four months, three weeks, and two days. Like oh, twenty like times. Nine times. Oh, yeah. right. That's oh, you're gonna have to take the long walk to finally get your movie. Yep. And so will I. Apparently, four weeks of guests beating us I in our house. It, Another I reason have to hope to keep being over. on the podcast. So that's the debt that I pay. Is like I can't just opt out of this one because I suggested it. So that I is have true. To be on it. <laughs> and until you beat me. I will be on your podcast. Or until you throw a game of Rochambeau. You're just how do you, like, how do you throw a game? You can't throw Rochambeau. Rochambeau. Loose antlers. All right, I guess I got cut and Good old rock. Nothing beats rock. By the way, for for uh, listeners that didn't know, I threw rock twice. And we. And they lost rock. the second time. They both threw scissors. I threw scissors twice. Rob threw scissors twice. Brady beat me the first time, but we all kind of stalemated. Second time, this nothing beats rock. It was a rigorous, rip-roaring sports spectacle. All right, all right. Let's prevail. call it quits. What do you think? Let's go watch Star Trek. All right. <laughs> okay. Uh, whose name? Ben Stein. Never is Shit happens once a week. It swallows us for two hours. Give me the reddies. Give them reddies. It forces us to watch a film about which we then speak. Carnivorous couch with Brady and Rob. Could be the drop. I swear to God, if this gets stuck in my head again. Rob! <laughs>